So we've been in a virtual conversation uh, talking about the promises of God, those unchangeable, stubborn guarantees that God has made to his people that are not going to shift regardless of the season, regardless of the circumstances. And last time we were together, we started looking at God's promise, God's guarantee to be our protector, to be our shield, to be our defender. Uh, this is the way the psalmist says it. This is Psalm chapter three, verse one. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts up my Head. In the face of threat, in the face of real danger, God guarantees to be our shield, to be our protector. And uh, to better understand and enjoy this guarantee of God, we started looking at an epic protection story in the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 14. And, and if you missed the first part of this conversation, hey, YouTube or Facebook, uh, so you can catch up with us. But let me give you a, a kind of a quick summary of the story so far. So uh, God's people, the Israelites, they've been held captive as slaves for a number of centuries by the powerful empire of Egypt. God does some things that only he can do, forces the hand of the Egyptian king, the Pharaoh, to let his people go. And in this glorious emancipation, about two million people, men, women, and children, march up out of Egypt and begin their adventure into freedom. They're about 320 miles away from Egypt when God speaks to Moses, the leader of his people, and he tells him something pretty crazy. He says, Moses, I want y'all to turn around, march back in the direction you came from, and I want you to camp in a claustrophobic cove. I want you to camp in a tight enclosure with a sea in front of you and jagged hills to both sides. One way in, one way out. You wanna talk about vulnerable. You wanna talk about exposed to your enemies. You wanna talk about feeling under threat. You wanna talk about stuck. And yet, as we said last time, stuck is just another way of saying a setup for the stage for God to show off his glory. So we're going to jump back into this story and pick up where we left off. If you have a copy of the Bible, I'd encourage you, invite you, turn to Exodus chapter 14. We're going to start reading at verse number five. Are you there? Say amen if you're there. Amen. All right, good. Here we go. Verse 5. When the king of Egypt, that's Pharaoh, was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready 
and he took his army with him. Ooh, cue scary music, right? So while the Israelites are camped in a claustrophobic cove, Pharaoh is readying an army for war. He's experiencing a little bit of releaser's remorse, right? He realizes he has lost his free labor force and he wants them back. But there is something a little bit more concerning than that. Pharaoh is furious. The thing that finally convinced Pharaoh to let the Israelites go was the death of his heir, the death of his firstborn son. Pharaoh is mad and he is out for blood. He wants a little bit of payback. And so here he is mounting the most powerful military force on earth and coming as one of the angriest and most powerful men on earth, chasing after an unarmed group of ex-slaved. Things are about to get real. And it's in this moment that the conversation about protection becomes real. When the threat gets real, now we can have a conversation about protection. I don't know what the most threatening thing in your life is. I don't know what the most threatening experience you've ever had is, but I know that the promise of God's protection is meaningless until you experience a real threat in your life. And can we be honest? This COVID-19 thing, has introduced into many of our lives a threat unlike we've ever experienced. It is closing in on us financially. It's closing in emotionally. It's closing in mentally. It's closing in on us medically. And we are feeling a little bit of threat. Now we can talk about protection. But man, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But we actually have a bigger problem than COVID-19. Because I don't know if you knew, but, but Pharaoh is just a poor man's picture of the greater threat. Pharaoh is just a glimpse of the way that devil feels about you. He lost a pretty significant war on Easter and he watched you march out of sin and out of slavery into freedom and he is salty about this. I have lost her services. I have lost my grip on him. I refuse to sit back and watch him marching out into freedom and enjoying joy and enjoying peace. I refuse to watch them carry on, you know, with the mission of Jesus Christ while I do nothing about it. Let us mount the demonic army. We are going after them. We want blood. Lock them up or take them down. 
but we cannot let them go. I don't know if you knew, but you have a greater problem than COVID. There is an enemy, a powerful enemy who is coming after you. Peter says it this way. First Peter chapter five, verse eight says, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And there is no better time to come after us than when he thinks we feel stuck or we feel vulnerable or we feel exposed or we feel stuck in this COVID cove, if you will, a little bit discourageable, a little bit unsure what the way out of this thing is. There is no better time for him to march after us. My concern is not COVID, honestly. It's that the devil's eyes have gotten big and he is coming after his church. And some of us are experiencing this in our marriages right now. There is unusual tension in the house. She's home from work, he's home from work, and we're not used to having to navigate this and things are getting tense. Some of us are experiencing that in, in our, our manhood. Because who am I if I'm not working? I'm struggling with this sense of worthlessness that I'm feeling. Some of us are experiencing it in our morality because with all of this extra time, I found myself a little bit more free in my entertainment choices. I found myself a little more exploratory with my Snapchat. If I'm going to be honest, I'm finding myself wrestling in new ways on those dating sites. I'm just telling you, in this moment when we feel a little stuck, he's going to come after us and start to sow disruption to take us down in any way he can. You can talk about COVID, but if you don't pay attention, you will miss the greater threat. The enemy, the devil, he's going to come after us as a church. So. Pharaoh, the great enemy of Israel, he goes after God's people with every intention to undo them. Exodus chapter 14, verse 9, here's what it says. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops chased the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pihahiroth, opposite Baal Zephon. The thing the Israelites feared the most is in view, closing in on them in that cove. There is only one way out, and Pharaoh and his armies are coming down that Road. We are about to find out what the Israelites are made of. Because I don't know if you knew this, but you don't really know who you are until you experience threat, until you face some 
pressure. You don't really know what you believe about God until you experience a little hardship, until you feel like you are stuck and under threat. And I'm telling you who you are in the face of danger, who you are in the face of threat, that's who you are. What you believe about God under the most intense pressure, under the greatest experience of temptation, that is what you really believe about God. It's who you are when the economy is struggling and your retirement is being threatened. It's, it's who you are when, when the cases are, are rising and your health is threatened. It's who you are when it feels like the restrictions are tightening and your freedom is under threat. That's going to show you who you are and what it is that you believe. Listen, one of the benefits of this whole COVID season is it's giving us all an opportunity to discover who am I really? And what do I really believe about God? Because pressure has a way of bringing that to the surface. Chapter 14, verse 10 says, As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, we're about to find out who they are. And we're about to find out how much we relate to them. The Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? <laughs> what? Verse 12, didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, here it is, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the protection. You will see the shield. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. There it is. There it is. For the sake of of his glory and fame, God will deliver us. God will protect us. God will shield us in the face of this threat, but you have got to stand firm. This is powerful. And if we're going to believe God more deeply, and if we're going to hang on to his promises more tightly, we have got to see this. God promises to protect his people, but he invites us to trust him, to stand firm, to be still, to hold the line, and to 
trust him. We cannot, I'm telling you, we cannot talk about the protection of God without talking about the trust of his people. He invites us to trust him. The Lord will fight for you, but he wants you to stand firm. And, and, and that's the real question for us in this season. Does threat reveal trust in you? Does pressure reveal trust in me? Our God is a shield. Our God is a defender. Our God is a protector. Our God is a fortress. I just fear that too often his people are the problem. Because we are resourceful and we are resilient and we are super you know, creative and we are solvers and we are independent and we are super smart and we have too many options to work through to have to concern ourselves with trusting God and being still. And so what threat brings out of us first and foremost is our resilience and our resourcefulness. Can't be bothered trusting God and letting him fight. And at the end of the day, we'll even start to say, God is not a fighter. God is not a protector of his people. But you cannot talk about the protection of God and not talk about the trust of his people is threat bringing trust out of you. I wonder if that's part of why we don't experience God as a shield. We don't experience God as a protector. And I fear that we run the risk of sabotaging the experience of God's promise to protect the same way the Israelites ran the risk of missing God deliver them if it wasn't for Moses. I think just like we saw in this passage, we reach for different options and pressure brings different things out of us. And instead of trust, you know what we choose? We choose to forfeit. We choose to forfeit. Forfeit is that thing you do when you resign before the battle even begins. It's that thing we do where we, we magnify the, the enemy and we decide we've lost. Before we've even gotten into the battle, it's over, man. It's, it's done. There is nothing that can be done about this, and you hear it in our defeatist or in our resigned language. No way we're getting out of this season, man. I, I just don't see this economy recovering. This thing is too big. Forfeit. Forfeit. I don't know that the church can survive. We'll say stuff like this in our language, revealing that pressure and threat 
is not bringing trust out of us. Did you see that in this? Verse 11, <laughs> they're saying to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? The war hasn't even begun and they've already decided it's over. We're dead. Forfeit. Forfeit. And whenever you do that, you maximize the enemy. And whenever you maximize the enemy, you minimize your God. And let me tell you, a minimized God cannot protect you. What's he going to do? God's on the bench like, put me in. I haven't even taken a shot yet. And you've decided the game is over. If I'm that small in your eyes, if you don't trust me, there's no way I can protect you. And for many of us, threat brings out language that is defeatist and resigned, and we forfeit and throw in the white flag. And I'm just saying to you, stop using any language that makes the season or this disease or the devil or what's happening in the economy greater than the God who called you. Stand firm, church. And for some of us, it doesn't bring forfeit out of us. It, it brings fault. <laughs> Instead of trust, man, we fault. This is the thing we do when we find ourselves focusing on who to blame. This is somebody's fault. And we've got to figure out who did this to us. Fault. And for some of us, that's what threat brings out of us. It is finger pointing. It's the media. No, it's the governor. No, it's not the governor. I think it's those huggers. That's who it is. It, it, no, it's, it's the Chinese. And somehow or another, it always ends up pointing to the party on the other side of the aisle politically. Oh, come on. Fault. Who did this? Whose fault is it that we're in this situation? As if something snuck past God. Did you see that in them? Verse 11, the second part. What have you, Moses, done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Listen to me. It is really hard to believe if you are busy blaming. And we wonder why we miss what God may want to do in our midst. You focus on whose fault it is, you will miss the one who always has a play. You want to know God's promise of protection. You want to enjoy it a little more. Stop focusing on who's right and who's wrong and focus first and foremost on who has promised. Stand firm. And for some of us, it's, it's not the fault route we go. We just forget. This is probably the trippiest part of this whole story for me. And, and forget is the thing we do when we start to idealize or idolize the past. 
<laughs> oh, those were the days. The good old days. Things were so much better back then. Verse 12, didn't we say to you in Egypt, which by the way, they did it. Leave us alone. We're having a blast over here. Didn't we say that? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Didn't we used to say that to you as slaves? <laughs> no, you didn't. But for many of us, that's what threat brings out of us. This crazy talk about before COVID-19, we used to be able to just go to work and, and hug a stranger and uh, sit in class and, and go to all these different events and, 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 and practice and, and life was so perfect. I'm like, for real? Because I remember you whining about how busy you were and about how the boss at work is overloading you with so many assignments and you have no time to be home with your family and you feel like your kid's life is slipping through your hands. That's what I remember hearing you say. I remember hearing you say, I hate school. Please don't make me go back again. I remember you saying we are so busy running from this event to that event that we have no time to connect to community in church. That's what I remember you saying. But all of a sudden threat emerges and you start to act like all the good old days how quickly we forget, how quickly we forget. And for some of us, that's what threat starts to bring out of us. And we start to say, take us back. And when you start to say, take us back, you will miss what God is doing now. The ways he is protecting you now because you want to rush back to what was familiar. God was always the protector of his people, but it was only when they chose to trust him more than they trusted anything else that they got to see what kind of shield and deliverer he was. And church, I dare us to land on trust. So God ends up just showing off because the stage had been perfectly set up, showing off. He splits a body of water and allows his people to walk on a gravel highway through the middle of a sea with walls of water on each side. I'm sure they were freaking out as they watched God protect, as they watched God deliver them. And it said that God moved his presence behind his people and he did this thing where he created light for them and darkness for their enemies behind them as he protected them and delivered them into freedom. I love how when they paused and were still and trusted God, they saw him do what they could not have seen him do if they had continued to blame and if they had continued to forfeit in fear. You know what I want to say as we get out of here? Um, 
I think the same invitation is offered to us. Be still and trust me most of all. In fact, let me take it a step further. I wonder if some of us won't quickly discover that God has been protecting us more than we realized, if some of us won't discover that God has been fighting for us. We've just missed it because we've been too busy blaming and whining and complaining. But if we paused long enough to trust him, I think some of us will see God is already fighting for us. God has already been protecting us. I wonder, you will discover God's already been fighting for your family. And he drowned the enemy of busyness so you could be with them a little more. And you missed it because you were too busy complaining. And you missed the fact that God's already been fighting for your marriage. That's part of why he shut down that situation that was starting to brew at work. He is fighting for you if you stopped long enough to see it. And yes, he let you experience a little financial impact. You know why? Because he was protecting you from greed. If you stopped long enough, you would see God's been fighting for you. And I'm telling you, if we don't trust him and believe that he's got a play and the play is for his glory, we will miss the ways he's protecting us because we think if he protects me, it means nothing negative is going to happen. Nothing difficult is going to happen in my life. For some of you, he's protecting you from situations that were happening at school. If you pay attention to it. And for some of you, maybe he didn't protect you from the heartache, but he was fighting for you and he's protected you from a train wreck marriage that was going to happen had he not intervened. And for the church, I can't help but wonder if we wouldn't discover that maybe he is fighting for us. Maybe he is protecting us from the complacency that was starting to settle in as we got too comfortable in our pews. And we lost sight of the mission and we lost sight of a world that desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we pause long enough and we trust and we sit and we become still, I wonder if we won't see that God is our protector and he's always been. I wonder what this season is bringing out of you, but I believe the invitation is to trust God and won't we start to see the ways he will fight and is already fighting for us. And I just want to say something to anyone who, who, who doesn't know God in a relationship, you've never put your faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you that what you may not know is there was a day when God fought for you. And the way he did it was to split the body of his son on a cross. Jesus bled and died to pay for your sins so that he could protect you from the wrath of God. And his invitation is to trust him. Trust him and see that he already fought sin and Satan and death to set you free and he's just waiting for you to trust him, to come to him and say, I can't fix my mess by myself. I need you to fight for me.
which he did on a cross. Father, even now I pray for us as a church that you would invite us into uh, new places of trust where we will start to see that your promise to be our shield and to be our protector is true and has always been true and will always be true. Help us to surrender to your glory, that it is all about what you are doing for the sake of your name. So we may experience a little discomfort, not because you don't protect us, but maybe because you are protecting something much more beautiful than we could possibly realize. And for anyone who doesn't know you, I pray you'd give them the faith to respond to you even now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.